It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please take your Bibles, if you would, turn to the book of Romans, Romans in chapter 6. Um, actually, we're going to start reading, though, two verses before chapter 6 in order to get some context to where we're going. So Romans chapter 5 and verse number 20 is really where we're going to begin reading. Um, the Bible says this, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Now I know we had barely began to touch in chapter 6 already, but I didn't feel like we really, I didn't feel like I was quite hitting it right and felt like I was fixing just to fly through it without really pulling out what needed to be. And as I began to dig a little bit more, the Lord, I think, seemed, seemed to help me and, and see a little bit more and help put it in the context maybe a little bit better. So, again, remind ourselves of the context here. The two verses before, we see where we've been dealing with this thing of law versus grace. We spent much time in that in weeks past dealing between the differences of law versus grace. We're dealing with justification, saying that our justification, or that's um, God dealing with our sin. Really, salvation is the best way to put that. Salvation, we know, is by grace. It's not by the law. We are justified before God, or made just as if we've never sinned, by grace, not by keeping the law. We've dealt with all of that. So Paul, after finishing up chapters 4 and 5 in Romans, and having hammered this issue that justification is by grace, by grace alone, not by works, not by works, it's by grace, it's by grace, it's by grace. It's been that way from the very beginning of time all the way through now. So Paul hammers that in chapters 4 and 5. Well, naturally, the, the question arises then, well, okay, so he just said in verse number 20, he said, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So those that would attack him, those that would try to detract from what he's going to say, those that are used to living the law, 
they're instantly going to have something to fire right back at him. And there's going to be basically three questions in chapter 6 and chapter 7 that Paul begins to deal with, still somewhat referring to this, but now we've moved on, not we, we've moved on from salvation now to the believer's life. See, the, these people living in the law, one of their, I guess you could say, points that they were trying to make was that, you know, when you're teaching by grace, well, well then that means you don't have to keep the law. That means you can live any other, any old way you please, and, and you know, that's going to lead to very wicked lifestyles pretty much, and so they would be saying, no, you've got to keep the law still, even after salvation. Paul, to prove his point, Paul asks the question because he knows they're going to ask it and then answers. And when we truly begin to get a grasp or an understanding of what grace really does in our life, we'll realize that nothing could be farther from the truth. So here's the question he knows they're going to ask. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You just said where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So why don't we just go out? Let's live it up. God's love, God's grace is more than sufficient, and His grace will be able to cover any and every sin we've ever committed or ever could commit. So let's just go live it up. Let's live however we choose to. Let's do whatever we want. And in the end, as long as we ask God for forgiveness, grace will cover it, right? No. What's Paul's answer to this? He's asking a rhetorical question. He's beating them to the draw. And he's saying, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? I want to bring up several points on what grace has done in our life. And several things are going to be brought up from verses 1 through verse 13 that... um. I think will help our very much help our understanding of what grace has done in our life. Now, some of what we're dealing with here is dealing with our position in heaven with God, or our spiritual position, and then you get to verse 11 and we'll find that he's dealing with our practice. Now, you have to understand the difference between these two. It's, other people call it the standing and the state. I like to say position and practice. I can keep those a little little more straight in my own head. My position is how God sees me in heaven, so to speak. How God sees me in Christ. And we're going to see that here in the next couple of verses, that God sees me just as if I was Christ. And I'm not saying that sacrilegiously at all. But we are identified with Christ we have been identified with him through his death, burial, and resurrection. And when God sees us, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our account. He sees us just as if we've never sinned. He sees us just like a son of God. He's made us sons. We've been adopted into the family. And there's so much that happens here. So when God sees me, something's happened. Something's changed from where I used to be in sin and now I'm not. I want you to see, first of all, that because of grace, we are a new person. If you have truly accepted Jesus Christ and put your full faith and trust in Him for your salvation, then you are a new person in Christ. I want to point out something to you. If you, would turn, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians in chapter 2. Ephesians in chapter 2. I'm going to show you one thing real quickly here, and then we'll head back to Romans. 
Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1 says this, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. I want you to notice that, dead in sins. Notice what Paul says here in verse 2 of Romans 6. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now understand, we're not talking about um, uh, sinless perfection as some would try to call it. We're dealing with our position in God. And when we we have been identified with Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, and because of that, God views us as dead to sin. It's a fact. Christ broke the power of sin over our lives at, when he rose again from the grave. He broke the power of sin, power, death, it has no more dominion over us. So I want you to notice the change there. Before salvation, I was dead in sin. I was on my way to hell. I deserved death and judgment And it had dominion in me and in my members. But now that I am in Christ, now that I have accepted Him, now I am dead to sin. In Christ, positionally, I can't sin. Practically, I still can. But my position before the Father will be, because I've been justified by grace, it will be just as if I've never sinned for all eternity. From now throughout eternity, positionally, not practically. There's a big difference there. We're going to get there. So just just have patience with that. Because Paul begins to show us the difference. But we need to understand spiritually what's happened to us at salvation. And when we can truly get a hold of what's happened to us spiritually at salvation, then it'll help us to live a victorious life over the power of sin now. We still have to deal with the presence of sin One day, thank God, when we get to heaven, we will be free from the presence of sin. But until then, we still have to deal with sin. So, the first thing, we've been made a new person. We were dead in sin, now we're dead to sin. I want you to notice something else. Before salvation, we were dead to God. We were dead in our sins, we were on our way to hell, we deserved the judgment of God. But now, because of salvation, because of Christ's work, because we've been justified by grace... Now we are alive in God. Read with me again in Ephesians chapter 2. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now that word quickened simply means made alive. So and you hath he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved." and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, I think that's enough there. We, we, can, we can stop reading there. But before sin, or I'm sorry, before salvation, we were dead to God. Now we're alive to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things 
I'll become new. I want you to understand that when grace truly moves into your life, when you truly experience the grace of God, it will change everything. There's a reason why we say, if there's no change, there's no salvation. Now, that's not always easy to read from the outside looking in, maybe not immediately, but I can promise you when God saves a person, He changes them. The nature inside of them is different. The things they wanted at one time, they do not want anymore. See, when grace moves in, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but when grace moves in, we're freed from the power of sin. We're given a new purpose to serve Christ. We're given a, a position in, in Christ that, that we never experienced before. And when a person claims to have been saved, and claims to be right with God, but lives a defeated life in sin, has never ever been free from that sin. They're still in bondage to that sin. It leads to some great questions. Because my Bible, the Word of God, clearly teaches that when God saves a person, while we still have the capability to sin, we have been delivered from the power of it. And one of two things will happen. If you can continue living in sin and you're never chastened and you're never dealt with, the Bible's very clear you never got saved. Or if you begin living in sin and the Holy Spirit's dealing with you on the inside, convicting you, and then begins to chasten you when you won't listen, then that's proof or evidence maybe you are saved. I don't know what all's going in what all happens inside your heart. But I will say this very much so that if there has never been a change in your life, then my friend, you have a heart problem and you better get to the root of it very quickly. Because when God moves in a person's life, He changes them. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. But I do know that the things that you used to do won't be the things that you continue to do. Not comfortably. I've heard from many a person who's been saved and when God moves in, the desires, the things that they were in, they couldn't do no more. They'd go to do them again and the Holy Spirit would convict them instantly. And my question to you today is this. Have you been made a new person in Christ? Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email Back to the Book Broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.